Welcome to Political Coffee, your one-hour thought-provoking news and commentary as you begin your day. And now, here's your host, Jeff Croft. Hey, good morning, everybody. Great to be with you. This is Political Coffee, and yes, I am your benevolent dictator show host, Jeff Croft. Great to be with you. State Senator Dennis Linthicum, we expect... Uh, is going to be joining us at the bottom of this hour. And, um, you know, he's going to give us a legislative update, kind of on the latest of what's going on in the legislature. Because the legislature, folks, they only have a couple of weeks left here, thankfully. <laughs> Jeez. So um, we'll get we'll have the opportunity to hear from... Uh, Senator Linthicum in a little bit. So the things that are going on today in the Oregon legislature are pretty profound and they are all, I mean, the stories anyway on OregonWatchdog.com really all about Measure 110. Republican leader in the House, Jeff Helfrich, has comments on the Measure 110 amendment. Okay. Absolutely George Soros funded leftist Multnomah County DA Mike Schmidt is fighting for his political life against one of his own prosecutors, Nathan Vasquez. And guess what he's done? He put his finger in the wind like all good lying leftists, Marxists, and a few rhino Republicans. Sorry, I had to make that comparison, but it's true. Put his finger in the wind and figured out which wind way the wind was blowing. Guess what he has done, Mike Schmidt? He's decided to endorse the idea of recriminalizing hard drugs. A 180-degree turn for Mike Schmidt. Why? Because he wants to make it seem like he's not so bad after all. He is, folks. And we need to get rid of him. Representative Court Boyce. There's a story about that. The latest CDC data begs for Measure 110 repeal. Not amending it, folks. Repealing it. How about this? There's a story also that Measure 110 helpline still barely rings it barely nobody hardly calls it now why would they do that well because you don't have to there's no penalty there's no reason to do it so we'll we'll talk with senator linthicum about where is this so-called measure 110 rewrite really headed but your phone calls 503-589-1220 is the power of buke gmc talk line 503-589-1220 now, thanks, uh, by the way, to all of you who joined us last night at Sparky's for the Political Coffee Clatch. Uh, for those of you who got the emails, uh, I 
folks, I just screwed up, okay? <laughs> I, the first email I was right about, the one from like three or four days ago, in that lobbyist Daryl Fuller, longtime friend of mine, um, was going to enlighten us to what's running up and down the, the roads in these big rigs. What's inside the big rigs? Who's driving them? And he did. He gave a great presentation. Well, I had sent that out first. And then yesterday, I just I got my dates. My speakers all screwed up. Yes, I did. And so I, I managed to uh, move ahead with next Monday night's political coffee clutch speaker and didn't put Daryl on, on the, the second email, which went out yesterday. So my bad for that. Daryl came and he gave a great, great presentation. And if you missed it, you missed it. Because you know what's going up and down the freeways, folks? Stuff that would blow your mind. In big rigs, sanctioned by the government. In fact, the government's doing it. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to leave it there. Just, just you know, so you wet your appetite a little bit. Now, Rich yesterday, who was at the Coffee Clatch meeting, and again, thank you to all of you who showed up. I say thanks to Curtis, thanks to Avis and Barbara. They faithfully come and, and make sure we have name tags. I appreciate that very much. Um, thanks to the great crew at Sparky's for taking care of us all. Rich wrote this last yesterday, and, and I did not have a chance to get to it, and, but I want to get to, to a couple of other emails because I want to follow up with what we talked about yesterday. And then I have a couple of really important questions to ask you today based on things that are out happening across the world but are relevant to us. Here's what Rich wrote yesterday. Well, now that we've reached our goal, this is the story talked about yesterday, Oregon being dead last. Debt worst in the nation, folks. In what? Reading. Arithmetic. Yeah, no kidding. What? Oregon's dead last? Really? How, how can that be? Well, it, it can be because of decisions made by elected officials and bureaucrats. That's how it can be. Now, here's what Rich writes. Now that we've reached the goal, the goal of, well, I'll just let him do that. I'll read what he's wrote. Now that we've reached the goal that the Democrats wanted in education being dead last, since they have now proven that with lots of money, they can make the kids dumber. Did you get that, folks? We're spending record amounts of money on K-12 education. Of course, they always say it's not enough. It'll never be enough. We could give... The so I had a superintendent tell me once, and he was joking, but he was serious. He later served with me in the House of Representatives, a man of great integrity, John Dallum. He once told me when he was superintendent 
the Central Lynn School District. He said, Jeff, you could give me every penny that comes into the state of Oregon, and I would still tell you it wasn't enough. And you might laugh at that, but that's the truth of it, folks. Anyway, he continues. Let me just restate this because this is an opportunity for you, well, to say something, to influence people. That's the whole point of this show. And I mean it from the bottom of my heart, folks. You can change your world, our world, each of us, by having persuasive conversations with persuadable people. About what? Stuff that really matters to us. Our safety, like Julie Hoy talked about yesterday. Feeling unsafe. And people telling her they feel unsafe in Salem. And her story about you know, going into the makeup place and having locked doors and appointment only. What? How does a business make a profit with that? They don't. Which gets us back to Mike Schmidt. Downtown Portland. 600 businesses have left downtown Portland, folks. Because of lawlessness of a DA who will not prosecute. The people breaking the windows of liberal businesses who support the liberal politicians and who supported Mike Schmidt. They're getting what they asked for, aren't they? The problem is the whole world thinks Oregon's that way. Well, it's apparently a disease that's spread down to Salem. This is what a new mayor can fix. You know what you do? You stand up for law enforcement, some of whom are listening to me right now in Salem PD. Thank you guys and gals for what you do. But if this is your leadership that allows massive homeless camps, like the one supposedly behind Delaney Road that's out of sight, with like 300 people in it, the stories we heard last night at the coffee clatch, if what Julie Hoy told us yesterday on the air in her interview is representative of what's going on in the city of Salem, then you, Salem City cops, you need new leadership. Maybe you need a new chief who's going to stand up to the politicians who pander, who don't really care about your safety. Oh, they say they do, but in reality, their actions speak volumes for what they really believe, isn't it? Well, I go back to finishing up with Rich's email. Because this is how we change your world. The Democrats in Oregon that have run the Oregon Department of Education, those appointed by Kate Brown, by Tina Kotek, have gotten us where they wanted us, dead last, so they can make the case. We need more money. Rich points out the obvious. Record spending. And the Democrats have proven that with record spending, you can make kids dumber and dumber. That's what the Harvard study shows. He continues, how about with less money, 
that could bring the schools back up. Hmm, that'd be interesting, wouldn't it? Remember the Democrats' motto, Rich writes, give us more money and we can always make things worse than what they were. Now, your takeaway out of all of this, this is, even though this is from yesterday, it's relevant to today. Why? Because the legislature is about to throw more money at a whole bunch of things. Is that going to solve the problem? Has it solved the problem in education? Again, this is something you can put out there and use yesterday's story about this. As an example, in your social media, to talk about it. Yes, I know I didn't get the show planned up yesterday. I'll have it up today. Record spending in Oregon education, and we are dead last, worst in the nation. For elementary and middle school students, in writing and reading, folks, dead last. Record spending. And our kids can't read, they can't write, and they can't do arithmetic, but they sure do know race, recycling, and reproduction. I borrowed that from somebody else a long time ago. You can use this, can't you? Change your world? If you can't, then you're going to get exactly what the voters, the business people of downtown Portland got when they supported Mike Schmidt for DA. The destruction of their businesses. And now he's decided that, well, he's got to get tough on drugs. Back in a moment at 620. What do you think about that? And I've got more. I've got a profound question to ask you when we come back. Call Jeff now at 503-589-1220. That's 503-589-1220. Let's return now to more of Political Coffee with Jeff Krupp. 22 minutes past the top of the hour. In a moment, I'm going to share with you what I think it really is. A profound question. That absolutely affects your life. And I want to get back to what, it's a public safety question, okay, what Julie Hoy talked about yesterday. And the story here, by the way, in Willamette Week, about Mike Schmidt decides to endorse the proposal to recriminalize hard drugs. Remember, he got elected promising to end the war on drugs. I guess the principles behind ending the war on drugs don't matter anymore that drugs are waging war on us. He's a progressive, folks. Kevin G. writes this. Measure 110's foreign inflows. By the way, you want to send me an email. It's jeff at 1220.am or jeff at kslm.news. At the bottom of the hour, well, State Senator Dennis Linthicum joining us. 503-589-1220 is the Power Buick GMC talk line. 503-589-1220 emails. Again, jeff at 1220.am or jeff at kslm.news. Kevin Rice was doing some 
FTM research on Measure 110 and found the attached. Well, what he found was donations to Ellen Rosenblum, donations to Tina Kotek, and recipients of foreign donations. Huh? I, I thought under U.S. law you can't receive money from foreign entities. Yeah, that was violated a long time ago, folks. They just have found sophisticated ways of doing it, haven't they? So drugs are dominating. Measure 110. Why would Measure 110 be dominating the conversation down in the legislature? Because everybody knows how it's destroying our very existence, folks. Our culture. How it's destroying our rights because they want to take away our rights to do things like defend ourselves. Now, what am I talking about there? And how does that, how did, well, one of the stories last night was about a crew digging a trench for a construction project near apparently this, I'm talking about a story given last night at the political coffee clutch. Secondhand story, but a crew digging a trench for the backhoe were confronted by a whole bunch of homeless people and had to stop, had to leave till they could get people in there to force the people, the homeless people, to back off. All this crew was doing was digging a trench to put in a line, folks. What if, and personally, the, the backhoe operator or trackhoe operator, whichever it was, was by himself, felt very threatened, got help in there. Now they have a policy. They have to have at least two people there at any given time. And the cops are on direct dial. So they don't feel threatened. So do those workers have a right to defend themselves if they're attacked? Does, and this is the question, does the left believe that you and I have a human right to defend ourselves if we are physically attacked. Now, why would I ask that question? Because again, this is out of a story, and I want to thank Dwight. I think it was Dwight that sent this to me. It's an ammo land story. A California court has struck down a California ban on what? Not guns, but billy clubs. And the court did this citing Second Amendment rights. Now, this is Judge Roger Benitez, federal judge in the Southern District of California. A lawsuit was brought by a guy by the name of Russell Fouts against the California Attorney General. 
Because California had passed a law that made it a crime to possess or carry a billy club, defining it as a weapon primarily used for self-defense. Judge Benitez, and this was a bench trial, it wasn't a jury trial, his verdict emphasized that the case wasn't about the state's authority to regulate the use of such weapons for unlawful purposes. That wasn't what the case was about. I mean, billy clubs, batons, billy sticks, truncheons have been associated with law enforcement and less lethal options than a gun than self-defense. The term is very broad, encompassing objects like metal batons, wooden sticks, and broken golf club shafts. Believe that or not. In the court's opinion, the Second Amendment guarantees citizens the right to defend themselves, not only with firearms, but also with less lethal weapons. So why would the left, which are the people writing these laws in California, why would they make you, by passing laws, unable to defend yourself anyway? Why? Do they not believe that you have a human right to defend yourself at all? We are young. Thankfully, Judge Benitez says no. We'll see. Of course, this will get appealed. We'll see what happens. Back in a moment with Senator Linticum. No one to miss the update on what's going on in the legislature. It's 30. Call Jeff now at 503-589-1220. That's 503-589-1220. Let's return now to more of Political Coffee with Jeff Krupp. 24 minutes before the top of the hour. Great to have you with us today. 503-589-1220 is that power Buick GMC talk line. In a moment, we'll have our weekly visit with State Senator Dennis Linthicum about all the stuff going on in the legislature Today, pretty much everything is about Measure 110. By the way, there's an Oregonian story. Talking about throwing money at things. And we just talked about the email from Rich about how we're spending record amounts of money on public education in Oregon. And we're dead last in elementary and middle school in terms of writing and reading. Dead last, folks. Rich's point is you throw lots of money at it to fail completely, to make it even worse. Well, guess what else we're spending record amounts of money at? That's related to Measure 110. Another Oregonian story. The Measure 110 helpline that people call when they want help for their drug addiction, it still barely rings. This is the headline. But it costs a lot more than the previous program. They're getting, just like in education, worse results 
with more money. The state is spending, Oregon Health Authority, more money than previously with a different company on a helpline. And only 30 people have called the helpline seeking help. And of that 30 people, we don't even know how many people actually got any help. How many of those 30 callers actually completed a substance use screening and sought a treatment referral since the state switched the contracts from one company to another? They're rearranging the deck chairs on the Titanic, folks. Is that not what's happening here? Yeah, let's ask Senator Linthicum about this. Senator, what do you what do you make of this 110 110 rewrite business and where are we headed? And just give us an update on all this silliness. Uh, yeah, the, I, I, I think uh, I think what you just described about the um, the hot or help is a classic example that uh, it would be interesting to look back and see how much that hotline costs. And then it would be interesting to see how many people are employed by that hotline and see um, and then realize that only 30 calls have come in over the last many years, days, months, whatever it happens to be. And you'll see that these these program structures, these things that um, pick up and have um, programs for uh, this measure 110 thing, it's called House Bill 4002. The dash 24 is the amendment that's currently online. And they discussed last night. A is programs for drug intervention and treatment under strengthening, preserving, and unifying families program. Oh, there's a mouthful. And doesn't that sound like it will be successful? What will be the metrics of that? How will you weigh that? How will you know, yep, we did our job? B is programs administered by um, Oregon Health Authority. Okay, where's that going to go and how's that going to help? C, programs provided by Oregon Health Authority. Again, to contract directly or indirectly with privately uh, operated profit or nonprofit for care of individuals. So there's another one, giant government program. Will we ever get rid of that? Will they ever treat their last individual? No, they'll keep people out there. Uh, D, programs funded through the Drug Addiction Treatment Recovery Act. Uh, E, programs integrating drug treatment services into the criminal justice system like they're not there yet. Uh, F, programs administered (laughs) with funding for the Drug Prevention and Education uh, Fund established under ORS thus and so. G, programs providing detoxification and detoxification with acupuncture, not just detoxification, but also detoxification with acupuncture and counseling and then providing each providing a crisis stabilization services through statewide coordinated crisis system network which you just talked about being a phone bank that never gets picked up or answered it's stunning and you know what you just went through a long list of various expenditures and programs so let me ask you this does have any of you talked about what's the total amount of money at all levels of government and all these government programs you just went through? Does anybody know what the total amount of money is worth 
actually spending on this Measure 110 thing, the effects of it? Yeah, uh, well, r- right now, uh, I haven't seen, uh, of course, the answer is no. N- you know, can you imagine how how many buckets in this? All of these offices, all of these programs, all of these things are under the authority of the governor. So this is Tina Kotek's magical world of levers and knobs, and she'll just get to push things at will, at whim, and throw money at whichever grantee, subgrantee, or uh, treatment center promise her, her as an NGO to bring the most voters to the table. Um, and uh, I think the whole system is ripe with the potential for fraud. And this isn't right right now. W- w- Republicans are a little bit in a tough p- spot. We've been complaining about this. Democrats appear to be taking heat. I use appear with um, reservation because are they really taking heat or are they snookering the taxpayer under a cloward pliven, you know, kind of scheme and breaking the system? Are they breaking the bank or are they actually helping the people they put onto the street? Republicans didn't put those people onto the street. When it comes to the November election, every voter listening to you this morning is going to have to change the majority. All of my Senate committees are three to two because the majority party puts three Democrats on every committee and two Republicans on every committee. And even the wisest of um, citizens on the street could recognize that with three two team members and two team members, the score's always going to be the same. Uh, rainy day, sunny day, cloudy skies, doesn't matter, whatever day, whatever inning, whatever game, the score is three to two, Democrats on top, Republicans on the bottom. We've been in this situation for far too long, and it's time to change it. Your listeners are the people who are going to make the difference. Your radio program brought that uh, Salem city tax down with a resounding 81% defeat, and this is what we need to do in this upcoming election. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, you're 100% correct. Now, let me ask you about this so-called amendment um, to... The Democrats do nothing, keep it as it is, measure 110 rewrite. Does this amendment do anything? And are Republicans in the House and the Senate, are are they going to approve of it? Well, the reason uh, House and Republican members might lean towards it is because the, the Police and Sheriff's Association seem to think this has some teeth to it. But remember, this is, this is really it's all based, based on discretionary enforcement. And any time you have discretionary enforcement, you have the ability, for example, for a DA like Mike Schmidt to publicly proclaim, I'm for de- uh, recriminalization of the, you know, of hard drugs. And he doesn't have to prosecute a single soul. He, no, you know, he'll he prosecute one or two or the big murder scene or whatever. He'll make news however he's going to make news. But this is just him uh, standing out there willing to eat. I don't know if they're taking flack on the Democrat side or not, but he can make a stance. It's a public stance. Nobody will remember 
and he'll get away with his non-enforcement schemes and the people of Portland will suffer. We ought to do a complete radio show on this because uh, this happened in New York. Remember before uh, Rudy Giuliani and uh, Bill Brackton uh, got in as police chief, uh, New York had the mo- had a heroin problem from 69-70 forward through the mid-70s, the worst heroin yep, problem right. in the world. Yeah, and yeah. Um, and how did they stop that? They stopped it by following through with their um, broken window policy, and it turns out that was good medicine. It was needed. It was a needed um, uh, solution, and we're pretending like nobody knows that. And the pictures coming out of Portland and the pictures from the '70s in the Bronx are identical pictures. Bodies on the street, people huddled in by trash cans, smoking dope in, you know, out by the dumpster. The whole scene is the same. The quality of pictures today is a little bit better, but you can't, you can hardly tell one from the other. Senator, I'm going to take your advice. We're going to talk about that at a special two-hour broadcast Saturday, March 9th, live broadcast from Miller's Barbecue. It's an end-of-session broadcast, and I want to invite you and your lovely wife, Diane, to come and tell that story. Let's have an extended conversation about that. Thank you, Senator Linthicum. Back in a moment, 648. Jeff now at 503-589-1220. That's 503-589-1220. Let's return now to more of Political Coffee with Jeff Krupp. Ten minutes till the top of the hour. Got to get to uh, the phones in just a moment. New caller, hang on. Got to remind you, a little cold out there. Might even get a little snow here. If your heating and cooling system is not making you comfortable, then you truly need to call Freedom Heating and Air. They'll get out to your home or your business, and they'll do it right away, and they'll fix it for you. 503-580-1456-580-1456. FreedomHeatingAndAir.net. FreedomHeatingAndAir.net. Let's go to the phones. Caller, good morning. Who are you? It's on your mind. Hello. Hey, good morning. Who are you? Oh, Robert in Woodburn. I would like to say who is running our country if President Biden cannot talk. I voted for him, but he is not talking. He's only reading their reader boards. So that's my question. Well, if he's not running our country, I was told a communist is. So. Great question. And a lot of us are wondering, frankly, the same thing. And it is, I did, to me, the answer is pretty obvious. It isn't 
Joe Biden that's running the country. So who has he surrounded himself with? All of his advisors. Well, Kamala Harris isn't any better than he is. So who is it? Well, I'll tell you who it is. A lot of people that served in the Obama administration are senior advisors to Joe Biden in the presidency. So what's being acknowledged, and and it it is being acknowledged by a number of political observers that are in New York Times, Washington Post, that this is really Barack Obama's third term. So if that's true, why would anyone and why would you vote for Joe Biden again if the things they're doing are not good for our country or our communities? I appreciate you calling. It's a great question. And I can't, I can't fully answer it, but it's a question okay. that everybody needs to be asking themselves as we come up on this presidential election. I got to move ahead to Freddie in a moment. Thank, Thank you me. for the call. Um, righteous renovations yesterday at the Political Coffee Clatch. One of our state employees, who should never be named, who was there, is considering doing some major renovation to their home, and they're considering. And he had come and asked me about Eric Azer, who owns Righteous Renovations. How easy to work with. I tell you, he's a man of great integrity. And he's a man of who does it right. Detail. And, you know, if you talk to him and he comes out and shows you what it is that he does and talks about your project, you'll figure that out in a hurry. And you can you also figure it out if you go to his website, RighteousRenovations.com. RighteousRenovations.com. Look at the before and after pictures and the customer testimonials, righteousrenovations.com. Give Eric a call, 503-341-3816, 341-3816. You'll have great confidence that you are doing business with the right company, with the right guy. He's transparent, he's honest, and he doesn't make your home or your life a mess as he's doing things in your home. RighteousRenovations.com. Let's go to Freddie. Freddie, good morning. Hey, Jeff. Uh, Senator Lithicum said something that uh, really sparked my curiosity, and i I, I got to ask you this question. He Fair talked enough. about three Democrats and two Republicans on every one of the committees. Yes. Which means that the Democrats control everything all the time. Why don't we have that posted someplace, all of them, all of the different committees, so everybody can see how the how this thing is organized. When we talk about it, it lasts about three seconds in my brain. But if I could read it time and time and time again, then I'd really understand how this thing has been orchestrated in the state of Oregon. The other thing that I would suggest is that every income tax that we have or every tax that we have, we have over 100 taxes that we assign all of the Democrats' names on the, that list so people know that the Democrats love taxes. If we do those two things, you're going to educate the populace about what's going on in this state. Talking about it is like chasing our tail. It doesn't last. But print it, it lasts. My comment. Fair enough. I can't disagree with it. In fact, I think it's a very good idea. The execution of it, of course, is what would be um, the 
the effectiveness of it. How would we get it out there? How would we execute what you're suggesting? Um, does it get attached to every piece of legislation? Yeah, that's probably a good idea. Who voted for it? Have that right up front. Um, it needs to be posted, I think, in, in committee hearings. Who are the committee members? Who voted for what? All of that, plus getting out there in social media in a printed form, maybe on the legislative website, in a form that is really there for people to look at. And frankly, this, it's a, this is it's a good suggestion because it's something that we could probably do at the Oregon Citizens Lobby, especially for the war room, which, by the yes, way, sir. is happening this this Thursday. Because on those on our legislative website, Freddie, for Oregon Citizens Lobby, is we have legislative alerts at the top, and you click on that, and you can see a drop-down menu of the various committees, and you can click on a committee. And that's where we could put the names of the committee members and who voted on the various bills. We do talk about the various bills there. We give recommendations for or against them, yes or no votes. But we ought to put that. And I like your suggestion. I'm going to try to make that happen. Great. It's a great idea. Freddie, thank you. Hey, hey, hey um, Jeff, one more thing. Yeah, quickly. Uh, make sure you print it and give it to every candidate so when they go out and talk, they can post it right behind them. So everybody hey, good can idea. Read. Another good idea. Thank you. Nancy was at the coffee clash last night, said, good job last evening at Sparky's. Idea. Hook teachers pay to kids' grades. When I worked for the state, my performance appraisal was hooked up to my work idea. This time, if Measure 110 gets reinstated, add paragraph requiring treatment or get the heck out of Oregon. I'm tired of seeing blank all over the landscape and crud people sleeping in doorways, pooping on sidewalks, asking for money, breaking into homes, stealing, etc. All over the place. If this is offensive, too bad. Doug writes regarding today's show, government is invalid. We all must admit it. Government is racketeering in its purest form. Everything built is done by private companies, bridges and roads. People say, what would we do without our infrastructure? We wouldn't have roads. All of it is done by private companies while the government says they need to get their cut. Your taxes are protection money. They tax us in every way possible, but tell us it's for our own benefit. So we don't think twice about paying. We have to admit the home of the free and the brave has become the home of the fee and the slave. Oh, that's good. Eileen, what was I saying about Delaney Road last night at the political coffee clatch, Eileen? Um, apparently, several people acknowledge that there's a very large 300-plus person homeless camp in the woods off of Delaney Road. Didn't know that. I'm back tomorrow. Keep praying. Keep believing. You can and you are. See you tomorrow.